Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What's better than a couple of guys being dudes, which is exactly what you're going to get on today's Monday episode of the Draft Dudes. We've always got guys being dudes, talking football, talking some other stuff here in the offseason, and uh, uh, I certainly have some homework to get into. I've been stewing about this all weekend if you listen to Friday's show. I am Kyle Krabs, Director of Scouting with NDT Scouting, NFL Draft Analyst for FanRag Sports. I am joined by Joe Marino, who I would say was gracious enough to take the the show responsibilities for Friday to himself. Uh, but Joe, there was some character assassination that happened on Friday that I'm not not necessarily uh, oh. too too pleased about coming back to the show. And you know, I'm enjoying my <laughs> Friday, and I turn on the podcast, and we get about three quarters of the way through, and next thing I know. Uh, I've got a couple broken ribs from getting thrown under the bus the way that you did me there. That was uh, was surprising, to say the least, man. Yeah, i got to thank David Bolin. You know, he's always been a great supporter of our work and and loyal listener to our uh, our podcast. And, uh, and he put that thing on a tee for me. I could have went a number of different directions um, on what I would change about, about Kyle Krabs. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that's what my brother said. He's like, man, I'm surprised you didn't bring up rompers. I'm like, I had plenty of material to get into you know what, uh, this and his uh, sports allegiances. Excuse me for being an individual, okay? No, I'm, I, I don't have stand, a problem with stand that. Standing proud of my own two feet, being man enough to wear a romper, male romper if I want to. Oh, <sighs> I, am, I hope I get to see you in a romper. I hope you get to see me in a romper, too. I hope the two of us get a... 
uh, romper duo photo in Charlotte <laughs> next month when we're together. <laughs> you, t- you just took it way too far. There will not be a a romper duo photo of the two of us. I'm going to get uh, when you are here with the NDT logo. NDT rompers. NDT rompers. My my girlfriend is listening to me. Sh- record this podcast and she is shaking her head big time i don't think she's gonna go for that tell her that i'll get one for her too and we can all match you have a romper coming too lorraine yeah there you go problem solved everybody gets a romper tell you what if you if you want an ndt romper whether you're male or female and you're listening to the podcast please let me know because if i get a certain number of orders i'm i might just do it i might yeah I don't know. I, I, I look forward to no responses. Uh, yeah. And so did you, so I, I, this is a nice segue into your rebuttal, but did you get any feedback on, from the listeners on what NHL team you should uh, be a fan of? None. Nobody cares. Wow. Apparently. Um, wow. I've already decided though. I messaged you over the weekend and yeah, I said, this, I have, this makes perfect sense and I need to defend myself. I'll start with hockey. Okay. okay. Um, Hockey is a sport that I've always enjoyed watching. Uh, I respect the skill that it takes to play. Uh, Hockey players are psychos in the best way possible. Um, But I never really had a rooting interest. So I'd always respected the sport. So I can't really get on and say, oh, I'm a Penguins fan. You know, they're good and they're in Pittsburgh. and, And, you know, we'll get into Philadelphia sports and how those allegiances work here in just a sec. Um but there's a new team in the NHL this year, and I'm becoming a, a dedicated fan for the first time ever. So I think it only makes sense that uh, I'm a, a a Vegas Golden Knights fan in the NHL hockey realm. And I think you were very supportive of that idea. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but that seemed to make sense to you as well. Yes. Yeah, it does. Um, I think you should, you know, you're starting fresh. You should start with a, a brand new team with no history, be part of, of the roots and the beginning of it. Um, I guess what's so different about me is literally every thing that's competitive that I watch, I've got to have a dog in the fight. Yeah, I got to have a favorite team. I got to have a rooting interest. And so, you know, I just, I just, I'm surprised that, you know, I've said you're, I said you're pushing 30. I don't know if that's true or I'm not. I'm 28. But um, 28. Okay, yeah, you're getting in your late 20s here. Yeah, and you've um, you don't have a favorite team, and I'm like, man, it's it just was really surprised. Okay, and I also didn't advertise for a really long time that I was a Miami Dolphins fan either. Um, well, I yeah, but so I mean, you know where I stand with the Dolphins. Um, yeah, I'm fine. We've been. I, I would say I'm probably. Like I think you hit the nail on the head with college football. It's a coin toss between Penn State and West Virginia. West Virginia, I'm always going to have an affinity for because they were the first school to credential me. Uh, so I, they're naturally going to have a soft spot. Um, Penn can State. We, can we, okay, go ahead. I was going to say Penn State. I went to Penn State. I've been to plenty of games at Beaver Stadium. So it's it's an experience that's rivaled by very few places that I've had the pleasure to go and watch a football game. And that's where that's where I, I'm like, Kyle's Pennsylvania native, went to Penn State, great atmosphere, storied football uh, a program, and it's like I don't understand why you're not like a rabid Penn State fan. Okay, and this this gets into it's a nice segue into why I can't root for Philadelphia sports, with the exception of the 76ers. Okay. Okay. So I'm when I'm to hear this. when I'm growing up, right, I grew up in Central Pennsylvania, 
everybody was a Philadelphia Eagles and a Penn State football fan. And it was just so, if you rooted for anybody else or expressed a likeness for any other teams that are out there, it was, oh, they suck. The, the Eagles are the best. Penn State's the best. So just getting living in the backyard and never really getting those hooks in me early and getting bludgeoned by my school child friends uh, with, with how great the Eagles were and how great Penn State football was when I was like, I mean, there's plenty of options here, you know? So that experience and all the way through elementary school and middle school just kind of put me off to really just getting swept away in the entire local Philadelphia sports realm. So so what I just heard you say is Kyle Krabs is going to do it Kyle Krabs way. No one's going to tell him how to do it. Exactly. And um, – you're not going to go with uh, with the societal norm. No, and I don't need to be tied to the community to root for a sport. Now, having since moved to Philadelphia and being a casual basketball fan until the last couple years, and then being a part of that community and experiencing that and going to games with the 76ers, that I can get on board with and get swept away in and say, you know, I'm going to trust the process and Sixers have the first overall pick and Markel Fultz coming over and it's going to be amazing and I'm a season ticket holder. But that's where I draw the line with uh, the Sixers as a Philadelphia team that I can root for versus the other teams that I can't is I didn't care about basketball all the way through like high school. I didn't care about basketball. It was only really once I got out of college that I started paying attention to the NBA in any capacity. And then I'm living in Philadelphia, and it's like, oh, I'll go to a Sixers game. And um, it's it's fun when you're there and you're having these first experiences to care for the same thing that everybody around you cares about. And that's how I got on board with the Sixers. I can relate a lot with that story because I was a lukewarm basketball fan growing up myself. I really liked David Robinson, so I had a soft spot for the uh, the San Antonio Spurs, but um, you know, and uh, just didn't really love it, you know. And then I started going to Charlotte Bobcats games, and I was very much I'm not going to like anything in Charlotte. Well, I'm not local from Charlotte, so that's one thing. But I, I really just I, I thought this was a very much a wine and cheese sports town uh, where everybody uh, it's part of what they do, but it's not like they're, they're not crazy fans. So I couldn't really get behind the fan base. It's sure. not, it's not, it's, it's ACC basketball country. That's what I, and NASCAR, that's what these people like. So, you know, basketball, football, it's all, it's all just wine and cheese. So, uh, I went to the Charlotte Bobcats games and Larry Brown was the coach and that team played so hard. They weren't good. They were terrible, but they played so hard. I can get behind uh, I could really get behind the way they played. And I said, oh, I'm a, this is my favorite team. And then I had season tickets for five years, and, and now they're the Charlotte Hornets, and I, and I love the team. But um, I, I can really relate to that basketball story. I want to put you on the spot, Kyle, because I haven't done that in a while. Oh, and you said okay, something You said something in your, um, in your rebuttal there that I want, to, I want to dive into a little bit. You said that you're not tied to the community. And so that seems that, – that says to me that – you know, it, it doesn't matter where you are or where the team is. That's not going to be your reason for rooting for the team. So can we agree that the Miami Dolphins are your favorite sports team? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. 
It's head. Okay. Sh- they're they are head and shoulders above everybody okay. else. So what I want to ask you now is if the Miami Dolphins suddenly moved to Lincoln, Nebraska, would you still be a a, a fan of that franchise or would you find a new team? See, I wouldn't have the reason to be spurned the way um, people in the community of like St. Louis Rams would be when they lost their team or the San Diego Chargers. If if fans living in those communities, if they leave, I can certainly empathize with them saying, forget that. Or Cleveland Browns fans, when Cleveland left and went to Baltimore, um, and and they kind of had to sit on their hands until Cleveland was brought back. I guess it would depend on, you know, if they packaged themselves as like the Lincoln Cornhuskers, I would think that's pretty dumb. And... um, (laughs) You you know what I mean? Like to some degree, how you market and package the the team and the program matters. And if you're gonna be uh, your mascot's a big ear of corn walking around, and you're the corn huskers, um, yeah, I'm probably I'm probably moving on, and okay. um, I'm I'm waiting for the Dolphins to come back as an expansion team. I, I lived that, you know, when Bob, when Ralph Wilson, the owner of the Bills, died, and there was rumors that Donald Trump was going to buy the team, or uh, uh, Bon Jovi, or whoever, and the team was going to move to Toronto and Los Angeles, and all these things. I had decided that I wasn't following that anymore. But so um, you would have cut ties with the Bills if they were the Toronto Bills. Yeah, that was easy. That was an easy choice. And and I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. That's not that doesn't speak to my love for the Bills. It's just. I just wasn't I mean that that for me was the fabric of of Western New York was the Buffalo Bills okay and, I was... and now I'm gonna put you on the spot if okay. Buffalo moves to Toronto yeah I'm out who's your team oh thank you for asking this is something that I was absolutely prepared for so what my brother and I did when that was very much a possibility is we went through all 32 teams or the other 31 teams and considered them considered them all to, to get our allegiance. And so one at a time, we eliminated the teams, Cer- certain criteria. The first thing we did is if uh, your, um, if your team ever won the Super Bowl, we were out because well, we, no we couldn't, well, no, I, I wanted to, I didn't deserve a Super Bowl. Right. So I been my whole life rooting for the bills, never winning the Super Bowl. So I needed to have a team that never won a Super Bowl as my favorite team. Uh, so that eliminated a lot of teams. And so from there went one by one, we got it down to a final, uh, final four. Those teams were the Jacksonville Jaguars, the mm. Carolina Panthers, mm. the Houston Texans, and the Minnesota Vikings. Can I guess? Sure. I'm going to say Houston Texans. No, no, it wasn't Houston. Houston was was uh, a strong consideration, uh, but they they didn't ultimately win. Minnesota. Yeah, it was Minnesota. Yeah, lot, lot, yeah. so four uh, four Super Bowl losses as well for Minnesota. Oh, so naturally. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They, they they had a uh, brand new stadium, so that's what Jacksonville was out because we thought there's a chance they would move. You know, not really a great football town. We were out with Jacksonville. Um, Carolina was out because just couldn't do the the local football thing. And see, so you can totally relate to uh, yeah, not yeah. rooting for a football team in the area right. with the the right. atmosphere around it. But Minnesota, they just hired Mike Zimmer. They got Teddy Bridgewater, who was my number one player in that draft. Uh, I mean, I was really – and I still am. I, I have a soft spot for the Vikings. So, yeah, I was all in on the Vikings. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. That's um, – uh, 
see, I would have I would have argued your your decision to eliminate Super Bowl teams and say, okay, if they've won a Super Bowl in my lifetime, I'm out. No, I didn't. I, because I think, yeah. like, who who cares if they won a Super Bowl 35 years ago? When I do, you're gonna I, you're I, gonna I, hang I, you're gonna hang your hat on a Super Bowl that took place. I wanted you were to born? be part of a long suffering fan base that had never won a Super Bowl, so that way when it happens, you know, it's it's that much sweeter. Okay, so, yeah, I, I did. I it is it is what it is. Um, I have one more question. Can we talk about your base your baseball? Your Atlanta Braves. Um, this one's easy. No, no, I don't need an explanation as to why you're an Atlanta Braves fan. Yeah. Kyle Krabs, were you or were you not at a Philadelphia Phillies baseball game this weekend? I was. What team were the Philadelphia Phillies playing in that game? Arizona Diamondbacks. Why the hell were you wearing a Tampa Bay Rays t-shirt? Okay, so here's the deal. <laughs> I have a, <laughs> I have a family timeshare that's in St. Petersburg. So um, when I go down there, I go to Tampa Bay games. And I enjoy the Rays. The Rays mm-hmm. are kind of like the AL team that I'll kind of root for, and they're a feel-good team. And another low-market team that doesn't spend a lot of money, which, you know, I really get turned off by the teams with the $300, pay, <laughs> $300 million payrolls. So if I'm going to a baseball game in Philadelphia and they're not playing the Braves, I can't wear Braves apparel. Right? Oh, yeah, right. So not worth it. I'm not wearing Phillies apparel. So the other baseball apparel that I have was a Tampa Bay Rays t-shirt. Okay. So I decided to wear my Tampa Bay Rays t-shirt. I I appreciate that. Tampa Bay Rays, quick hot take on the Tampa Bay Rays. Best uniforms in baseball. When they go that dark blue on the, on the light blue, it's, it's off the chains. Mm -hmm. That's as good as it gets. Yeah. They've got some really fun uniforms. I like what they've did since they rebranded and got rid of the devil rays mm-hmm. and they yeah. kind of shifted the colors around a little bit. Now they got this baby blue, Navy blue with the gold star combo. It's really sharp. Sharp. It I is. I really like it. The, the last thing I want to ask you here, Kyle, and I don't know if you made it to this point. You've in, had like four pod- last questions by now, it, by the way. That's how, how long we've we been doing this. You, you, you should expect this by now. Uh, I don't know if you got to this part of the podcast because uh, it was right after me trashing your sports teams. Um, I went on a rant about Bruce Smith as the greatest defensive player of all time. And and I'd like your reaction to that. I think you made a very sound argument for Bruce. I think you did him justice. Uh, You painted a very strong picture. Uh, I mean, 200 sacks is amazing. That number blows my mind. No matter what way you split it, you could say, okay, this guy played 10 years and got 20 sacks every year for 10 years. He played 20 years and got 10 sacks for every year. Uh, I think the closest thing we've seen to that is was that probably two or three year stretch from J.J. Watt before he hurt his back, right? Mm-hmm. As far as like productivity from a defensive lineman that moves all over the place like Bruce did. Um I'm not necessarily going to go out and say he's definitively the best defensive player of all time, but he's certainly up there. He's he's might be the best pass rusher of all time. And and that was my point that to me the most meaningful play on defense is a sack. I mean outside of a turnover, right? An interception or something. But uh, the most meaningful play is a sack and he got the most of them. 3-4 defensive end, beat left tackles. 
Uh, by the way, Von Miller, I looked this up today, 73 and a half sacks through six seasons. Um, so if there's somebody that's pacing well, uh, it's Von Miller. We'll see. I know he has aspirations to be a chicken farmer one day, so uh, I don't know how long the NFL will be part of his life. Yeah, I hope we get Von for a long time because he's really yeah. fun. He's, he's good. really good. Um, I guess we should talk about some uh, college football prospects, huh? Yeah, yeah, eventually. Yeah, yeah, you you did a pretty high-profile guy, so I'll let you kick this off. Um, yes. Mike McGlinchey from Notre Dame, a uh, player that gave some consideration into coming out last year but ultimately decided to come back. Joe, what? Uh, I haven't had a chance to dig into his deep dive with our summer work, so uh, what were some of your impressions when you watched him? Yeah, you know, the first, the first impression that I had after watching his, his, uh, his junior tape was – why the hell didn't you come out? And I know that those are decisions that have a lot of layers for these people, but I had a hard time coming away from that film evaluation and, and not thinking that this was uh, probably a first round pick and probably the first offensive lineman drafted last year. I think he's a really, really good player. Six, eight, three, 12. He's uh, 25 games started under his belt. He'll have, you know, pushing 40 after the season, assuming he stays healthy. And, um, I just love all, all, everything he does. Uh, he's he's a really smart player. He's he has plays with really great timing. Um, you can just tell that he understands how pass rushers want to attack him, and, and taking away those land, landmarks and timing his punch and locating his hands. And um, he's a he's an aggressive pass blocker. He's not one of those guys that waits for you. He can, so he's got the mobility and the angles and those types of things to wait. But he will quick set a ton and just punch and be the aggressor and just stymie the rushers right away. And he's he's got a really solid uh, punch and the timing is really good. Uh, really nice bend. He's 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 not a guy that's going to uh, fold at the waist or anything like that. Um, a good posture. You can just tell he plays with great balance and in control. Uh, he can slide his feet, come back inside, take away those inside moves. Uh, so really like his package as a pass blocker. And, and as a run blocker, uh, you know, he can generate power. He can uncoil really nicely, quickly. So, you know, if he, he can, he plays with good leverage, six, eight offensive linemen. You, they tend to have issues with leverage and blocking down. He really does a nice job of, of not you know, filling that narrative for taller offensive linemen. So he can uncoil and get leverage as a run blocker and he sustains blocks. Well, he gets out in space and blocks and him and Quentin Nelson on the left side of that Notre Dame offensive line is a nasty combo team. Uh, if I've ever seen one, they, they put dudes on their ass left and right. They, they have such great timing uh, with the way that they, uh, you know, work their body into position, release the second level and, and just create space and lanes all day long. So, uh, I like both of those guys, but specifically McGlinchey here. I think he's he's one of those left tackles that you look at and say, you know, this is a, this is a potential high first round pick, and he needs to stay healthy, and it'll be good. He'll have another season at left tackle under his belt. He played right side when Ronnie Stanley was there, so his first year at left tackle was last year. He'll have two years. You know, Notre Dame's got a got a tough schedule. They play a great team every week, and uh, he's really building a resume uh, to go with his physical traits. That I think, you know, this could be a top of half of the first round player next spring. Yeah, certainly somebody I'm looking forward to seeing. He's somebody that's on our our uh, calendar for potential uh, trips in the fall. So hoping that that comes to fruition, get a chance to see him. Uh, the guy that I did over the weekend that I thought was interesting, uh, and I use that word very deliberately, interesting is uh, Western Kentucky quarterback Mike White. Uh, Wyke had a, had originally attended two years and played two years of football at South Florida. Uh, he's 
since transferred over, uh, sat out a redshirt year. This year was his first year starting. Uh, production was off the charts. Uh, tremendous production at Western Kentucky this year. Uh, just the second quarterback in school history to throw for over 4,000 yards. And he's big. He's got a nice vertical arm. Um, Joe, I'll be interested because this is um, somebody you'll probably get around to eventually, but the player I'm comping him to is somebody we're both going to be responsible for this summer, and that's Luke Falk out of Washington State. Uh, See a lot of similarities with their strengths and weaknesses as far as pushing the ball down the field. They're playing in spread systems. They're not asked to do a whole lot of full field stuff. A lot of their middle of the field work is just your basic crossers across the middle of the field, uh, kind of picking apart zones that way. Um, Has some irregularities with ball placement. Um, I actually really like how White moves his platform in the pocket too. He's capable of sliding and staying balanced. He doesn't always do it, but a lot of times when he hitches and he's got to move laterally in the pocket, he's very uh, poised and controlled in those situations, which I was really surprised with as somebody that had had some sparing starting opportunities at South Florida, but the production really wasn't there. And then he goes to Western Kentucky and you're expecting this guy to just sit back in the gun and stand flat footed and zip it around like Tom Brady. But movement in the pocket was something that really surprised me for him. And why I think it's so interesting that he compares to Luke Falk is Falk's going to be somebody that people are going to talk up as a potential day one or early day two draft selection. And I'm looking at Luke Falk and I'm looking at Mike White and I'm not there with Luke Falk, but I see comparable skill sets and I say, okay, if somebody wants to take a big arm passer, let somebody else make the decision to take him early, and I feel really good right now with where they're standing. Obviously, there's a whole bunch, a whole bunch more that needs to take place. Both those guys are going to probably play at least 13 more games this year. Uh, but going into their senior seasons, I would say I'm getting a comparable player in Mike White to what Luke Falk is, and Falk's getting talked up as a potential early draft selection where White's somebody I don't think we've heard anybody talk about. You know, when you were talking there, there's a name that came to mind, and and I'm interested to get your reaction here. Davis Webb. And I'm not saying anything stylistic. Maybe they have their differences. But big, tall, uh, have the arm talent uh, in a spread system. But you described a much better version of Davis Webb, where this is a player you said has some pocket mobility. Uh, He actually has 29 starts under his belt right now. Um, And... uh, you know, Davis Webb was a third round pick by the Giants. Just happened. So when you think when you take off the the evaluator hat and you think forecaster and how this guy fits into the NFL's scope, I mean, am I crazy here to to listen to you talk and then think that this is a player? If Davis Webb is a third round pick, then Mike White is a what? How, how does he fit into that type of scenario? Well, I think the thing that got Webb to be a third round pick was his work on the chalkboard. So that's kind of the unknown variable for somebody like white, where at least we can stand here and say, okay, he's got the baseline physical skills that somebody's going to need in order to say, Hey, you know what? He might develop into a starting quarterback someday. Uh, 
now how well he regurgitates stuff on the whiteboard and is able to to spit back plays and uh, if he has that uh that crisp memory and is able to recall uh information with very little study time um I think that's huge variables for him. I think that's really going to distinguish if this is a big armed late draft selection that somebody's just going to take a flyer on, or if he gets a push up the boards and is somebody, uh, cause you know, the production's going to be there. Yeah. Playing yeah. in that system. He's going to produce as long as he stays healthy. He's going to have a very big year again this year. Uh, but the interesting dynamic for me is between him and Brandon Dowdy. I'll be really interested to see, where White gets assessed and drafted because Dowdy had this tremendous production. Uh, He was mentally sharp as a whip, but the arm ability and arm strength wasn't something that a lot of people uh, felt was requisite for the NFL. And uh, Dowdy spent some time with the Miami Dolphins, uh, but, but he was not coveted in the draft. So if we see White come out and he's taken fourth, fifth round, then that's going to tell you right there, uh, writings on the wall, teams are still defining a lot of their baseline assessments with physical skills. And uh, I'll be interested to see how that plays out because Dowdy was somebody I was pretty high on coming out throughout the draft process, uh, has not had the chance to play to this point, uh, but it's looking like he may not even get an opportunity to do so. Uh, between Davis Webb this year and C.J. Beathard, uh, it, it almost feels like all you have to do is look like a quarterback and you get go, Ooh. you get, you get, you get drafted in the third round. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, you know that's just interesting. I'm, you, what you said there made me very curious. I, I'm looking forward to get into his tape. I, I figured you probably wanted to uh, see a little bit more Taywan Taylor again. Of course, uh, I'm sure that was of course. <laughs> never can. Now that's the kind of the fun thing now is being able to watch some of this same tape that we've been watching for the last. 10 months, right? Or longer, 11 months, uh, excuse me, 13 months, right? <laughs> uh, and going back and seeing some of the players that we just evaluated mixing in and focusing more on, on the new crop has been, has been a lot of fun. So, uh, looking forward to checking out Mr. Mike White, see, see where I'm at with him. Um, that is going to do it for us today on the show. We'll be back again for you on Wednesday to do more NFL draft discussion and wherever the the breeze blows, we'll we'll see. So uh, it was good to hear Kyle get a chance to rebut the the uh the takes that i let hang over the weekend that was wrong of me you know i should have done that on like a wednesday but it, yeah, i hope it, you feel bad yeah I, I feel super bad about it um we'll both be back again for you on wednesday uh, appreciate everyone's support make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever podcast resource you're listening to make sure you're keeping track of us on social media kyle's at ndt scouting i am at the joe marino again we'll be back again wednesday signing off for kyle Krabs. i'm joe marino and this is the draft dudes podcast what does your morning sound like uh, goodbye baby she's finally asleep <laughs> Welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mmm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The sausage McMuffin with egg and the sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E. 
AV on YouTube.